0: You're listening to a podcast from the Trinity Longroom Hub Arts and Humanities Research Institute. Hello everybody, uh, and welcome to a very special fellow in focus because a very special uh, visiting research fellow is with us and Jovenia, who all of you I think have got to, to know over the past couple of months that she's been with us, uh, has been a wonderful presence in the Hub and in, in Trinity and it's been, it's been a great honour for us to have had her visiting and working with us over the past few months. And also it's meant we've got to see a bit more of my wonderful colleague, uh, Jane Carroll from the School of English, who's been working with Joe Kenya and a wider team uh, back in Ukraine who are also engaged in the field uh, of uh, fantasy literature. And uh, I hope we're going to hear a little bit more about that in this fellow in focus. So with a welcome to you both, Jane, I'll hand over to you. Thanks. Thank you, Eve. It feels a little odd to be using a microphone here, but here we are. Um, And it feels a little odd to be having a formal conversation with you when we've had so many wonderful, rich, casual conversations (laughs) both over the last three months and before as well leading up to this. So I suppose the opening gambit should be to ask you to tell us a bit more about your research with the Centre for Fantasy Studies back in Ukraine. Uh, yes, thank you very much for these questions, and it was of yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you for this question, and um, I'm proud to say that uh, our Center for Fantasy Studies, uh, linked to the Institute of, based uh, the Institute of Literature of National Academy of Science and Ukraine, exists since uh, 2015. And uh, since then, uh, we um, have conducted uh, ten seminars, full-size seminars, and uh, three conference, uh, two conferences, and we are preparing number three. Uh, the coming January, um, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> when the info letter will be ready, um, and uh, we have issued five training books based on the materials of our seminars and actually uh, we are trying not just to accumulate our efforts uh, in uh, studying fantasy because it has specific uh, of uh, poetics as I was telling at Helen's seminar uh, but uh, also um, we are trying to help the early, researcher, early career researchers and uh, uh, scholars, and uh, I think it's worth um, uh, trying, because um, all the people who study herbivores start from the very stretch. and um, the very fresh has already been done, so we uh, have the guidelines for the young scholars, and uh, uh, we also uh, uh, collect the statistics, often do their research and uh, prepare their bibliography um, and even uh, communicate with uh, the project, project, uh, providing the bibliography of uh, project studies
0: uh, in Ukraine. Uh, that is what we are actually doing. You know, a really generous gift that I'm sure is going to bring hours of, of pleasure, but also a lot of education to those of us who don't know a lot about Ukrainian contemporary literature. Um, I was going to save some of these questions about Ukrainian publishing for later, but since how you know you talk about that experience of starting to translate Hamlet, while well, missiles are going overhead, I thought it might now be the time to talk about that that wider publishing in Ukraine and how that's been faring, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, under extraordinarily difficult circumstances. There's still new books, there's still translations, there's still incredible amounts of things being published in Ukraine? You know, um, every single day I'm looking
1: for something uh, which gives me a proof that life is really winning, because it is very important. And uh, when uh, the Great War has started, uh, I had a, a translation project, a detective story yeah, um, to complete. And I had a deadline. I was very stubborn. And I finished it by the deadline. When I sent it to the publisher, I didn't have any response. Because most of our publishing houses, uh, the biggest of them are uh, in hiking. And hiking at the very beginning of Great War, wars nearly let me down, especially some uh, residential areas like Pirnisna Saltivka or something like this and uh, lots of people flee. Uh, then I found uh, the publisher, uh, I had the proof that they, uh, they, they confirmed that they received my translation, and uh, so we don't know whether we, are, we will be working or whether... Mm-hmm. so nobody knew then. And uh, in April they resumed their work. Just imagine, in April, even though uh, nearly all the uh, ed- uh, publishing house, the editor staff, uh, uh, the publishers, they were um, away from their hometown, they were working in distance, and uh, um, I received the fee for the book. <laughs> and not only this, I received another project. <laughs> And uh, really, uh, in the year 2022, I had four books which were issued. Uh, it's not that I translated on all the four, but they were issued during the period of Great War. And uh, that is what we are doing. We are trying to restore our normality, the normality of our life. Uh, It's important to publish books. We create new, we write new. Uh, There are plenty of children's books publishing now. Uh, I brought Jane some... um, coloring books for uh, Beatrix. Yes, I hope she enjoys. Yes, she does uh, that the
0: stickers <laughs> of the dog, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so and the stories
1: about uh, Dog Patron, Paz Patron, uh, they are very popular, and so we are creating cartoons about Paz Patron. Uh, we're issuing the um, film about Mafka, maybe you have seen it, uh, very beautiful. I recommend it uh, with all my heart. It's based on uh, classics. Uh, of uh, Ukrainian literature on lesi uh favorite drama. Uh, it's a classic of our modernism, uh, but uh, it is just like, you know, a bit like Disney cartoons. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it was made for a very long time, but it was completed. During the war and issued to the big screens during the war, and it is uh, doubled in uh, 20 languages. I saw today, Um, so I really recommend it. The culture in Ukraine is working 24 percent, it's really, uh, and uh, the poetry of war is also very important Uh, at the very beginning of March. I received a letter from my colleague from Japan. She used to work in our polytechnic, in the polytechnic, but she asked, can you make me a favor? Yes, why not? (laughs) Uh, I have a um, friend, professor in Tokyo. He wants to issue a selection of Ukrainian uh, poetry of the first days of war, and I started to collect Ukrainian poetry of the first days, think the very first days, because for me, it was also very important. It was like you channel your emotions. Uh, you understand what you are doing. You are expressing your feelings, because when you are not expressing your feelings, you can blow up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why uh, on the background of all those news, I was sitting in my computer and writing in English the notes for the uh, Japanese translator, and they have issued um, uh, prepared uh, a set of five journals with uh, Ukrainian poetry, and we are still communicating with the translator and he writes them in in Ukrainian. Yes, <laughs> a Japanese professor. Um, so it's what we're doing
0: and there's so much that you're doing as well i mean it's not just that it it keeps going but it, it seems in the face of extraordinary pressure in the face of the unthinkable it's it's thriving even you know it's starting to to be to be bigger to be fiercer to to make space for itself but i suppose i want to talk a little about the academic work in this same situation because suppose we we Essentially, met through a conference online. (laughs) One of these conferences organised by the the Centre for Fantasy Studies, Um, and I'd known your name from project work before, but you know, we never actually made connection. Um, So I'm logging in from Dublin, and the president of your organisation is in a corridor giving her opening address because this is the safest space in the building. There's other speakers who are. You know, losing power, losing internet connection because there's there's missiles going overhead or there's rockets going overhead. You know, and I think about really, you know, how extraordinarily courageous this is. How determined, you know, the academics were to keep publishing, to keep working, to keep teaching, in spite of all of this, just because of all of this, and. You know, afterwards I was going to give you a a lesson for your students, and we had to postpone and postpone because each time we seem to coincide with an airstrike. Um, So, you know, it's this extraordinary thing where the kind of the basic parts of our lives as academics, as workers, are under threat because of this great war, and the basic things that we take for granted and think, "Oh, well, I'm a bit tired, so I'm not going to class today," or. you know, a conference seems like a lot of effort, I'm not sure if I want to organise one, you know, have become something that you've been really fighting for no matter what. And (laughs) I I think that's extraordinarily impressive, but I mean, do you feel that the same energy that's there in the publishing and the cultural sphere is there too for the academics? Uh, As for
1: academic sphere, firstly, when you are deeply shocked shocked you cannot just write mm. um, in summer when I started to work with Hamlet, for example I uh, was typing my translation and uh, had to uh, stop for a week and then I opened the file I couldn't recognize, recognize my writing couldn't recognize the words which I uh, printed and um, which it that, and uh, um, then uh, you just have to restore yourself, have to control your emotions and leave your emotions at the same time, uh, and uh, allow yourself to be weak for some period. And I will never forget when our very old uh, friends and partners and colleagues uh, uh, from Kashalim uh, Polytechnic, uh, the Medieval Fantasy Symposium team. Uh, when they were inviting uh, our team uh, for the conference, they decided to host us. It was like uh, they said that the only, uh, the smallest thing which we can do for you. and. When we, it, for me, it was the first time when I got to the border since the Great War has started. I didn't want to be a refugee, I didn't want to flee. I said, It's my house, it's my home, it's uh, my city, I will never move. And um, then, when I had a reason, why not? <laughs> yes, and uh, the academic work is the greatest reason, I think, to travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, when you are invited with this, you start writing. So last autumn, it was for me like uh, resuming my writing, and it was absolutely crazy because I dived into it, like into I don't know what. I had four conferences in uh, uh, September and October, and uh, uh, one of them was in Poland, and uh, that were online. Uh, but. Uh, it was like um, you are told, stand up and go. Mm-hmm. And you really uh, get up, you move. Uh, you, uh, what was difficult uh, on the one hand, but easy on the other, it was that all these four conferences were devoted to the topic of war, uh, to um, express, uh, to rethinking of what is going on with the metaf- in the metaphoric space. And uh, one of them was on the, uh, even about Yeah, uh, And uh, then you feel relieved, because you, ex- you really processed your emotions, your experience, through the literature studies and uh, uh, you can do something new. And that is why when we were planning our conference for the January of uh, 2023, we decided not to speak about war. So the topic is obvious, okay, it's very important. But we we decided not to speak about war, we decided to speak about theoretical aspects of representing uh, um, magic in media, in different media and uh, it was a great success. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, the first part, the English part, was uh, uh, just difficult due to the um, shellings and raids uh, and uh, different time shifts, mm-hmm. right? And uh, for the second day, it was a terrible mess because most of people um, were without uh, internet or without electricity or Uh, they were losing the connection or something, and uh, uh, two of our presenters were at the front line, and uh, they were all read by uh, their colleague, Natalia Krenitschka, their papers were read. And another uh, presenter was from Donetsk, a professor, a full professor from Donetsk, which is occupied, and uh, she wanted with all her heart to read her presentation. But uh, she found out that Zoom was banned in this territory. Uh, Yes, she found it out in the very uh, last day. Yeah, but, uh, you know. And uh, so I was reading her papers. It was like what we were doing. And uh, her paper will be included in the post-conference book and uh, so on and so forth. So uh, it... uh, we are restoring our sanity with our academic work when we analyze uh, the reality uh, with the help of literature studies it really helps to um, to survive i don't know Mm
0: -hmm. i mean I, i keep thinking about projects you know that fantasy is what makes us human, and mm-hmm. fantasy is what keeps us human in some of these profoundly mm. inhuman or inhumane situations. Um, perhaps this might be a good moment to talk about what you've been doing here with sure. Pratchett, and um, you know the pleasures of academic travel, of course. But you've had you've had some some time in Dublin, some time with our collections of Pratchett's work in translation that we hold in the Library of Trinity. Um, so. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about what um, you've been doing? Well, yes,
1: and uh, every of course, the morning I was telling that uh, I'm in India and I'm studying that, uh, stories, how it works in projects, books. And uh, mm, uh, finally I started to boast, it, to boast, yes, that we are comparing four different languages. In translation, and uh, Emma, thank you very much for your help. Yes, really, because uh, this uh, phrase which I sent you yesterday, it was exactly it like it was like a confirmation of that our ideas were right. Um, uh, so we are comparing uh, the elements, the passages with. The, uh, narrative causality and cursive narrative in uh, Harry Pratchett's novels, Witches the Road, and uh, mm, Weird Sisters. Weird Sisters, uh, w- we are comparing uh, Ukrainian, Russian, Polish and Czech translations. The first one, the earliest one is Czech. Then, um, I have the years. Czech uh, one is uh, 1995, uh, so nearly right after the, uh, the book, quite fresh, uh, according to the book issue. Uh, uh, issue yes, the Polish one is 1998. Then in Russia it was published in 2001. In Ukrainian, in Ukraine, uh, the whole Pratchett project uh, translation started in 2017, and uh, this book was published in 2018. And then, in Russia, uh, the translation was uh, renewed, and uh, it was issued in 2020. But the, like a part of a big volume with a selection of all which novels. And uh, the version of 2001 was the most popular, was reprinted for uh, seven times or even more. And uh, we started
0: to compare, we have a huge table. So there's handouts around, a little bit of this table if anyone wants yeah, yeah, to follow yeah, yeah, yeah. from it. Uh, yes, yeah, like and uh, work uh, when that. I
1: just started to uh, find, to cut that, Uh, fragments and uh, uh, insert them into the table. I was certainly deep surprised when I really my my, our um, uh, idea it uh, proved to be uh, truthful. Uh, We really have very huge differences in some ways, not everywhere, but in some places there are and there are actually five main Uh, of meaning which we are having, it's uh, the changing of the style, like, for example, from mm, uh, conversational style, uh, the uh, the translator moves into very high and pathetic, uh, or uh, domestication of the intertextual um, elements, uh, especially Shakespeare's quotes, because uh, where sisters are based on Macbeth and uh, Hamlet, and not only them, there is a whole list uh, 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 The connotations which change the meanings. Also, there are um, some grammatical points like personal or impersonal, active or passive. It's normal for translated translations transformations. As a translator scholar, I can tell you, it's absolutely normal, but. When it changes the meaning, it's important. And finally, uh, what you can see printed in red, it is addings. Uh The champion, in positive sense, so the closest uh, term, uh, version is Polish, it's not nearly literal. Uh, the champion uh, with addings, is the translation of 2001 and when we started to analyze the meaning of these things we found out and were very surprised that they really changed the whole um, atmosphere the whole um, dynamics emotional dynamics on the scene because it's uh, a very important thing it is uh, maybe that Key one uh, when uh, uh, there is a presentation of uh, uh, the play, like uh, mirroring the situation in Hamlet, uh, to discover uh, here it's in quotation marks to discover real history, but it's not real; it's a parody. Uh, and in the source text, you can see uh, the dynamics. Maybe it's uh, oh, yeah, yeah, on the other side of the paper. Uh, When uh, um, uh, Rainy Weather walks, watching the play, uh, she feels worried. It's her identification stage. She feels worried. She found some war details. Uh, She uh, looks at uh, people with faces wrapped. And then uh, she understands that history was nothing to do with reality. And she concludes, we've lost, like, uh, we have lost the game, yeah, we have lost, and uh, for interruption, uh, uh, she wished uh, that she had found time, more time what? she, she that just makes her conclusions, she is irritated, she is worried, she doesn't like the situation at all, but um, uh, she makes her conclusion, and she fights back, but in the translation, and you can see it, because we added uh, the third column, it's the Google Translate of the translation. Yeah. Uh, yes. The dynamics looks like this. It starts from the fear. She's feeling in the dead end. Uh, then the details are not worse, they're scary. Uh, the, uh, for description of the audience, it's highly exaggerated, and instead of one word, you have 12, at least two sentences. And uh, uh, so the whole basis of the story rises to the heaven, and the uh, fear rises to the heaven, and uh, um, another eight words added uh, in the other uh, space, and uh, uh, when uh, she thinks, uh, I should uh, put, pay more attention for the words in the original. In the uh, translation, she blames herself for that. She feels guilty. Uh, she feels crashed. And finally, uh, uh, the translator adds, uh, uh, OK, let's try. She said, wearily. So she's exhausted by the end of the scene. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's, uh, Mm, incredibly untrue for the character of Rainy Weatherworks because she will never uh, feel uh, weak or exhausted or tired. Uh, she can control herself and her emotions like no one else. And when she plays a, a part or uh, pretends to be weak, with old lady, uh, very tired and uh, uh, who cannot cross the river or something. Uh, it's a big trap for the people around <coughs> and that they have to be aware that something, something wicked this way comes.
0: <laughs> so, in a sense, the translation has changed not just the meaning of the story, the meaning of the character, the dynamics of the scene, but also how readers are going to feel about this work in translation. I mean, it it changes so much, and particularly when you're looking at coercive narrative within Pratchett's work, these strategies for resistance, these strategies for fighting against coercive narratives become all the more important for his readers. You know, this this is a way of of modelling ways of getting uh, getting through adversity, Mm -hmm. which is taken away. By this, by this translation, or, or doled in uh, this translation, so a
1: firstly, I was really surprised. I didn't expect such a thing from this exactly uh, example, from this exactly case, and uh, mm, I understood that that translator was maybe mm, uh, subconsciously deeply afraid of personality. narrative. and uh, uh, he. Uh, put his uh, fear into his work, because it looks like this, it sounds like this. Um, It is uh, one of the questions of our research in progress, because we are still working on this project, we are uh, preparing the paper, but uh, we have to think it uh, very carefully. Uh, There are some other examples that are also very interesting, if we have time, we'll I was
0: wondering then. if you might just say something about how our research, your research specifically, mm-hmm. has already started to help publishers to make mm-hmm. better, better uh, translations of Plath's yeah. work. Uh,
1: what we're doing, we're doing we're actually very close reading, right? So we are reading, we read and dive um, into it, and uh, it actually it is not just uh, uh, comparative translation translation studies. It's Textology, work with the text. And uh, uh, when I understood that an electronic copy which the publishing house uh, kindly sent me for this work, I our Ukrainian publishing house, I saw it is uh, 2023, so the book is prepared to be reprinted. And uh, here I found some mistakes or misunderstandings in Ukrainian copy and uh, when I understood that we really can um, suggest some improvements I wrote to the head um, manager of the project and she was happy to uh, uh, take our suggestions with improvements and really we have proud of it because um, we were just preparing for a conference uh, to introduce our first ideas and here comes uh, the first uh, Practical result, <laughs> yes. And uh, when the book will be published in two thousand twenty-three, so by the end of the year, um, I think we will have the better version of Ukrainian translation.
0: I mean, I think I think it's wonderful that your work, your work here at the Hub and here at Trinity, has made this impact in Ukraine. But you've also made this huge impact on the Hub, as Eve was saying earlier. You've been such an amazing <laughs> part of the community. There's a wonderful project to look forward to, I think, and 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 ones that will benefit a whole new range of readers, I suppose. But I feel like we've touched on quite a lot in this hour. We've gone from talking about war and national identity and poetry to, to fantasy and nursery rhymes and, and everything in between. Um, so I think it's probably time to, to wind it up. But I hope you will all join me in thanking Eugenia for this amazing talk and for, for her wonderful presence here over the last three months in The Longroom Hub. Thank you, much.